0: stars of the show. Welcome to episode 85 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxdog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show and listening to it. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Sean Soborn, and he's going to be telling us all about Piper and a little bit of Luna as well, so something to look forward to there. But first, in some doggy news, we go to the Velibet Mountain Range in Croatia, and some people had their dog along with them doing some hiking. Um, one of the gentlemen got into trouble, had a bit of a fall and was able to move. Um, he had his dog North, who is an Alaskan Malamut with him, uh, and is credited with assisting in, um, maybe saving his life. The gentleman's friends then hiked back down the mountain to get some help, uh, North basically kept him warm for 13 hours until they were rescued. So, uh, well done, North. Now, we go to Tennessee in the US, and the relationship between dogs and postmen and delivery persons sometimes isn't the best, but when seven-year-old Jack Russell, by the name of Pete, ran off from home. His guardian was alerting lots of people, obviously, and by chance mentioned it also to the local UPS driver who was making his deliveries. Uh, Sometime later, the driver spotted Pete and as this driver also happened to carry dog treats with him, which he says makes things easier for the relationship of dogs and himself making the deliveries. Everything worked out. Uh, Pete obviously was attracted to the treats. Um, The driver grabbed Pete. Uh, Pete still had his leash on. And then the driver delivered Pete back to his guardian's place. So, thank you to the UPS driver who provided a happy ending to that story. And now, this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I'm here with Sean Soborn. How are you today? I'm great, Robert. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, pleasure to have you on. So, um, whereabouts in the world are you?
1: So I live in a small town called uh, Shelburne in the province of Ontario in Canada um, within Dufferin County. We have about uh, just under 10,000 people here uh, and we're a small town surrounded by farmland. Oh, just about uh, an hour and a, an hour and 40 minutes northwest of uh, Toronto.
0: Okay, yep, nice. Nice to be far enough out to have that peace and quiet, but not that far out that you need to get back into town for whatever absolutely so and the weather conditions at them at the moment
1: you know it's we've we've been uh, under some extreme cold alerts uh over the past few weeks getting down to maybe minus 35 celsius it's been quite chilly but today was a mild day i think we hit uh plus two celsius so some of the some of the snow was a little mushy i was out in the trails with the dogs earlier it was uh A little difficult because it was a little sloppy, but uh, we're expecting some colder temperatures tonight and about 20 centimeters of snow over the next uh, 24 to 36 hours, I believe. So looking forward
0: to that. Oh, wonderful. So who is going to be the subject of our chat today?
1: So we're going to talk about uh, my two-year-old Manitoba designer dog, Piper, and we can get into that. Uh, breed yeah. name, if you will, a little bit later. But yeah, yeah. Piper, Piper the Wonder Dog, as I affectionately call
0: her. Oh, I was just going gonna, gonna to say, well, I'm not sure if I know that one. but yeah. <laughs> um, As per usual, I'm going to ask you to take us back in time to before you and Piper met and talk to us about the hows and whys that that happened. Sure. So, I've I've always had
1: dogs in my life uh since I was a child growing up usually small small little dogs you know lap dogs and things like that and um we had we were a three dog home all kind of boston terrier mixes two two girls and a boy and about 5 years ago we suddenly lost our male dog Gus mm. and so he was 8 years old and all all our three little dogs were the same age and um it was, it was, you know, a hard loss for us. And we really noticed that the two girls were really affected by it too. They were, they were missing his presence. Um, so, you know, a few years had gone by and I had spoken with my wife and we thought, you know, it would be, it'd be nice to get another dog. These two are kind of getting on and, you know, it'd be nice to bring in a puppy and, and, um, get some, get another companion back and get that three dog pack that we used to have. And, and it would be good for the puppy to learn to live with other dogs. And, you know, we still have the two older girls. And um, we decided that we would try to to uh, adopt a rescue dog. Mm-hmm. And we, my wife uh, found this uh, rescue up in, in Barrie, which is about an hour north of us. And uh, there's a rescue up there called Lost Boys Hope. And what they do is um, they travel frequently to the province next to us, uh, Manitoba. And Manitoba has a lot of uh aboriginal or indigenous reserves up there and they have big issue with wild dogs. And and to control that population every once in a while they actually call the the wild dogs and they go out and they'll shoot a whole bunch of them and Lost Boys Hope is trying to save as many as they can mm-hmm. from meeting that type of end. So um it was it was pretty much a miracle that we ended up getting Piper because they have thousands and thousands of applicants for any given dog that they have up for adoption. And in Ontario, there's a huge demand for dogs. And so it works out well because there's a surplus of dogs over in Manitoba and we don't have them here. So uh, rescue dogs work out really well here. They find homes. And we had put an application in many times, never heard anything back. And then one time we did, but we were kind of like on a wait list and Piper had been spoken for um, by a nurse and at the last minute she pulled out because she wasn't sure if she could you know take care of a dog working 12-hour shifts so next thing we knew is we got a phone call and uh said we'd like to interview you to, for piper so normally they would come and actually do an in-home visit and make sure you, you know you have a fenced yard and all those other things and you'll be a good fit for the dog and and covid was kind of um you know, new. And, uh, so we just did it over zoom and had a talk and, uh, we got accepted to, to adopt Piper. And, uh, you know, the term Manitoba designer dog is just a fancy term for mutt. So that's, (laughs) that's what they call them (laughs) because they're from Manitoba. Right. So when you, when you're adopting dogs and you don't know what they are, you don't know how big they're going to get or what their temperaments will be. And Mm -hmm. Piper was Piper was 14 weeks old when she came to us. Um, the story uh, of how they got her was, was pretty sad, actually. She was found in a ditch close to death with three other siblings. There was no mother around. Not sure what happened to her. Um, so she was picked up and brought back. Um, you know, And they had taken her to vets to try to get her to, to a level of health where she could be adopted safely. So when she came to us, she looked like a little baby deer. She had small head, big, long, lanky legs, uh, kind of golden fur, almost like a, like a yellow lab. And, uh, you know, a little curly husky tail that we think she's, she's got some husky in her as well. And who knows what else? And uh, she had a big pot belly full of worms. so We had to put her on dewormer and get her through all that. And, uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, I had always had small dogs. So I'm like, oh, this dog, she's probably going to be a little bit bigger and she's probably going to be high energy. So um, I really need to you know, make sure I don't make all this, all the previous mistakes I did with my other dogs. I want this dog to be well-behaved and, and have manners and whatnot. <laughs> and, and, you know, I had been running, um, for eight or nine years when we got Piper. So I thought, oh, she can run with me. And I thought that was going to be a great thing. And, um, when she was about five months old, I had just taken her for like really just short runs around, around the neighborhood. Like I'm talking, you know, two, 300 meters just on the leash to see how she would do. And she came along with me and. Um, I ended up, uh, down the road learning about Canacross. I thought this is fantastic. This is like right up my alley. So started kind of doing that and just trying to like educate myself because there's nothing really in Ontario, um, with, with Canacross. So it was just kind of going online and there's a lot of, uh, Canacross going on in the UK. So I was able to yes, yeah, get inf- get information from there and, uh, just we kind of learned on our own and, you know, had gone through a whole bunch of different pieces of equipment, stuff like that, and, and started Canada crossing. But that's kind of how Piper came into her life. It was, you know, it was a last-minute uh, thing that happened that somebody had given up on adopting her, and she fell into her lap, and it's it's, uh, it's been quite amazing. She's, she's quite a blessing.
0: Uh, some things are just meant to be, as I know. We'll find out shortly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So how, when the initial bringing her home how was the introduction to the home and how were the other two
1: <laughs> great question i remember it like it was yesterday so we drove up to barry um had my eldest daughter and uh my younger daughter and my son and we went up to go get her with my wife and I remember we were sitting in the car. So just my wife went up to the building because it had strict COVID rules. You know, one person can't come in the building. We'll bring the dog to you. So we're sitting in the car. I'm in the car with the kids, just waiting, waiting to see her. Cause all I had was pictures. I'm like, what'd she look like in real life? And then, and then my wife carried her out of the building and I thought, oh my gosh, there she is. So we all got out to go see her and, you know, we, we drooled over her and pet her and let her sniff us. And she seemed just very timid and quiet and um, so small. And we got her, we got her into the car and um, I was driving. So my wife kind of put her in my lap for a little bit so I could get some bonding time with her as I drove. And then we kind of passed her around the car to everybody to hold and see and set up with my wife and we made it back from Barrie to Shelburne. It was about an hour drive. And, thought, all right, she didn't barf in the car. This is great. And then I parked, I parked the car and next thing, boom, it all came out. So <laughs> we made it right to the driveway before she let it out. But, uh, you know, no big deal. We were expecting it, it you know? And, um, so we brought her into the backyard and my two older dogs there, they were actually bigger than Piper when we brought her home. And, uh, we just, we just, uh, brought Piper in the backyard and we brought the other dogs out and let them sniff each other and run around. they were. There was no issues from the beginning. They kind of got along and played, and you know, I had them all sit in front of me for treats and and try to you know keep Piper's attention there and and go from there. So interestingly enough, her Piper's original name was Turbo, which is they just kind of arbitrarily pick names for the dogs they rescue and bring them back, and then they they changed it to Faye. and then when we got her, we uh, we changed her name to Piper. So
0: it's Piper, so, is there a, a a little story or anything behind the the name?
1: Um, you know what? No, it's just we're we're thinking of dog names and I just kept, you know, I was just like kind of trying to close my eyes and let the name come to me and, and the letter P kept popping up and and Piper was what kept popping up into my mind. I said, I like the name Piper. So that's what we went with. And uh it's it's funny, all our dogs, we give them middle names too. So they all they all have the same middle name. It's all Ann. So it's it's Piper, Turbo Faye, and Solon is what we call her. She's got a whole bunch of other names too. I'm sure I'm sure everybody listening has, you know, at least a dozen names for their dog that they call them by. But Anne is and is a part of all our dogs.
0: Saved for formal occasions, no doubt.
1: Exactly. Usually when they're in trouble.
0: <laughs> so at home, what's the sort of setup? Do they free roam around the house or do they have um, an area inside or outside of that?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question. So, uh, all of our dogs are crate trained. So we make sure that they do get some crate time. Usually when there's company over four dogs can be overwhelming. So they'll go in the crate and they're good there if we have company over. Um, but generally they have free roam when we're at home. Usually, uh, there's always somebody at home. My wife and I are both paramedics and we both do shift work as well, but we kind of manipulate our schedule so that somebody is always home. Um, so the dogs don't have to be alone. Um, so the older dogs, the smaller ones, one of them has pretty I'm just bad- gonna, like,
0: just going to interrupt you there. And I'm just sure. going to say how fantastic. I admire that you guys, uh, I mean, first of all, I admire what you do being paramedics, but then having the thought to think about, I know you've got kids, but also to think about having someone at home For both kids and dogs, and so that's fantastic. Sorry, go on. Oh, thank. (laughs) Sorry, thank you. No, thank you.
1: That's okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So um, the smaller dogs, Rosie and Ruby. uh, Rosie has some bad arthritis in her back, and and Ruby's just a mess with allergies. Um, Physically, she's okay, like you know, muscle muscles and skeleton. But uh, so the older dogs, they usually kind of stay together and keep to themselves. The bigger dogs, we keep them um, in a separate crate. And uh, they usually just kind of go off in in pairs together and they don't bother each other. They'll play from time to time, but we're really protective of Rosie just because of her back. If, if she ends up hurting her back, she's, you know, it's two weeks on medication and, and carrying her and, making sure she gets rest. So, um, it works out really well. Ruby's kind of, she's a small Boston terror, but she's kind of the alpha and they know to leave her alone. And if they bother her, she'll let them know. She's kind of the general, the general in the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we, um, get my son involved in, in feeding the dogs and everything. And, um, you know, Rosie and Ruby, they're pretty good with like they'll, they'll lie in their crates. We'll leave it open for them. And when they're tired, they just kind of go in the crate and chill out there. Or they'll walk around and and try to get scraps off the table. They're the ones that, you know, don't have the manners. And uh, Piper and Luna, they're usually not too far away from me, whether I'm in the kitchen prepping food or, or, you know, reading at the table, there's somebody always usually like laying down on my foot or something like that. And um, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of what it is during the day. And uh, in the winter time, the bigger dogs, they love, they love the colder temperatures and, and being out in the snow. So we have, a, we have a backyard that's fenced off and have a deck. So we'll let them out there if I don't have time to run with them, but they want to, you know, if they're a little antsy to full advantage, okay, go out in the backyard to go out to the deck and play there. And they'll spend hours out there just rolling around in the snow and playing with each other and chewing on the bones we have for them. So, so yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so you know, do they, they get their walks in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Do ahead. they uh, sleep in their crates or do they sleep elsewhere?
1: No. So we did crate train them to sleep in the crate. And then for a period of time, I was lucky enough to convince my wife to let them sleep on the bed because they just like come right up to me and cuddle. And and I sleep really well when they're beside me. But, uh, you know, they take up a lot of space on the bed. So my wife was losing sleep. So we ended up getting. Getting um, a dog bed for them uh, that's at the foot of our bed, so that's where they that's where they stay. And then we don't need an alarm clock because they usually wake us up every morning around around seven a.m. I'll, just, I'll be sleeping all of a sudden, you know, the paws will pop up on the side of the bed, and I'll start getting you know kisses from them. Okay,
0: time to wake up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Um, okay. Um, favorite spot in the house for Piper and. I guess the others or do they, do they each have their own little area?
1: That's, that's, that's a good question. So for, for Piper, it's usually where I am. And if I'm not home, it's usually where my wife is, um, at our feet generally. Um, Luna will like to go up onto the sofa if we let her. Uh, It depends on the day. Usually I'm I'm the soft and I let her get up there and I'll just clean the fur off afterwards. But um, they do have a a chair that is kind of designated for them. It's this leather chair from Ikea. um, And the dogs usually will go go up to there. One will sleep. Whoever gets on the chair first gets the top and the other one takes the bottom underneath the chair. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's pretty much how it goes.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Um, Okay Local Walks Do you Sort of like Take them out From your place Or do you Go somewhere
1: A little bit of both Most commonly If we're going on a walk It'll just be Out the front door Um, You know We have like There's a kilometre Loop that we can do I try to extend it A little bit Because we have Some nice gravel trails Through some park areas So I try to stick to those As much as I can It's just more pleasant To walk on Uh, So we have about A just under a mile kind of loop when you add in, add in the gravel paths that I'll take them for a walk in the morning or in the afternoon. Um, generally, you know, just to do their business and get out. Um, we, we are an active family. So we like to go on hikes and we're lucky enough to live in an area that has endless amounts of, of trails. Um, there's a a trail system that's about 900 kilometers long and it runs from Tobermory, Ontario, all the way down to Niagara Falls. And, um, you know, there's side trails and it runs right through our county and uh, it's, it's a five minute drive from the house so we can get out there and access so many different types of trails, either the main Bruce trail or, or a whole bunch of different side trails out there. And we'll often go on hikes out there as well. And I'll, I'll do cross runs out there. Um, one thing I really love about the wintertime is right out my backyard, um, we have access to groomed snowmobile trails. Oh, okay. And uh, and I get out there. I went out today with the dogs who did uh, just under 10K. I wanted to do 10, but it was, like I said, the, the conditions were quite slushy and it was kind of hard on me to go. The dogs didn't mind. But anyways, I turned back a little bit early. And, uh, yeah, the snowmobile groomers were out there and, you know, I just make sure that if I see a machine, I'll pull off to the side and let them pass and then carry on my way. I always get waves. Nobody's ever given me any grief for being on their trails and stuff because they all, they pay, they pay for trail passes and whatnot. Right. And I just kind of go on there and, and do it. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've done some big runs on there and, uh, you can't access that stuff through the through the spring or summer months because a lot of it runs through farmland mm-hmm. so they get special permission from the from the landowners to be able to you know have the trails go through there but we've also got um a rail trail that's not too far that it could access by foot as well and that will that's like an 80 kilometer trail so lots
0: lots of places to go around here all right so had any interesting adventures on the trial and like with uh encounters with other wildlife
1: um Today we we found, I'm not sure if it was an owl or a falcon, but we found a really big wing <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> with with the with, with the bone attached to it. I don't know where the rest of the bird was, probably in, in in the stomach of a coyote or a wolf, because we have a lot of those out there. Um but yeah, so with the dogs, we kind of we haven't really come across anything other than you know rabbits, um, which which is an automatic um adrenaline rush for me because the dogs go after these rabbits and then I'm flying and yeah, trying to slow it. them down and stuff. Um, yeah, we got lots of rabbits around here, but I did have, before I was running with dogs, I had one wildlife encounter where, um, I happened to come across a, it was either, we have these things called koi wolves out here and they're hybrids between coyotes and wolves. Um, really weird. And, and they're in this part of the province and I, I happened to come across one that was trying to take down a deer it happened right in front of me and I had my phone out and I was getting footage and, and I guess I interrupted it and the, the Koi wolf took off and the deer came right up to me about maybe three or four feet away and just stared at me. And I was just talking to it and wow. eventually I walked away. He had a bit of a bloody snout and uh, but she took off and I carried on and the Koi wolf took off. I followed its tracks, but uh, yeah, nothing crazy with, with the dogs. Um, last week we came across um, another dog walker out in the trail, uh, had a Ramiz mountain dog and, uh, off leash. So he's, his dog starts running towards us and I had stopped He's like he yells at me, Oh, my dog is friendly. I said, well, mine night, mine might not be cause Luna can be a little, uh, little sketchy at times. Anyways, their interaction was good, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind people going, going, taking their dogs off leash. I don't necessarily like taking mine off leash because, you know, I don't have the fullest confidence in them. Piper, I know she, she has good recall. Um, but still you, d- you don't know what can happen. And, um, Anyways, this gentleman had said to me, Oh, yeah, my dog has no recall at all. I'm thinking, well, I don't know why you have him off the leash yeah, then. Yeah. But, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those touchy subjects with dog people, right? So let a them little. go on leash. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, personally, it, it doesn't bother me, but you got to, the conditions have to be right and the dog has to be right as well. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. proper etiquette, if you see other dogs approaching, even if you have all the faith in your dog, it's best to just get them back on the lead until the way is clear again. But
0: yep. yeah, I think yeah, yeah, the right word is etiquette. It's just that, that showing a little bit of uh, respect for someone else that's out on the trail there.
1: Yeah. We have, we have to share the space and share the trail and make sure everybody's able to enjoy it safely.
0: Right. Yep. So I'm, um, You mentioned Luna, we might as well just say, at what age uh, was Piper and then you sort of like introduced Luna into the pack?
1: Yeah, um, so it was, Piper was about a year when we got Luna. So we tried for several months to adopt another dog through, through the Lost Boys Hope Rescue, and Again, like I said, it's so competitive. We didn't even get responses back. We thought, oh, maybe we already adopted once. They'd give us some preferential treatment, but no, they don't. They kind of do it on a first come first serve and they do an interview process and go down the line that way. So we started saying, you know, we're, we may have to look elsewhere because I don't know how long it's going to take for us to adopt another dog. So my wife found a breeder, um, down in Caledon East, which is about 45 minutes from us. Um, and they were breeding, um, Siberian Husky with, with an American bulldog. And we saw the pictures and it's beautiful looking dogs, about 70 pounds.
0: Interesting, interesting cross.
1: Yeah. 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 About 70 pounds. Um, you know, the mom is white. The the dad looks like a gray and white Husky and the, the pups come out brindle. Hmm. Really interesting. So we told them, we, well, you know, we'd like to get the, uh, the highest energy dog you have. Give us, give us the spaz and the litter and, uh, And we told them why, because I wanted to have it be a can across dog. And they loved that idea. So, um, Piper was about a year old when we brought in Luna and Luna was, she's about 70 pounds now, but she could fit in, you know, both of my hands and she was shivering in the cold. We got her in the winter time and, um, yeah, it was about a year. and, And they were, they've been, um, inseparable since day one, like they sleep together. They're always touching each other when they're lying down and, uh, Luna's outgrown Piper. She's, she's bigger than her now, but, uh, uh they're definitely like uh peanut butter and jelly, if you will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> okay. Um going back to Piper. Favorite sort of games and things that she played when she was younger and did have they changed?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when she was younger, we'd play a lot of kind of tug and war or or fetch, you know, like at, at Frisbee's or or um just like we have this big rope toy that we throw and she'd, she'd chase it down. And she'd, she was really good at bringing it back to us. And, um, you know, as she got older, I, it's funny, I had her on a walk one time and it's like she lasered in with her nose. She picked up a scent. And like I mentioned, there's rabbits all over the place here. And I figured she must've picked up the scent of this rabbit. And I thought, let's just see where she goes. And she was going all over the place. And all of a sudden I saw the rabbit tracks And she because she, it, it was winter time. And uh, she was just following the the scent for this. I'm like, wow, she's she's really good at this. So I thought I want to do some nose work with her because it's just another way to kind of, um, you know, stimulate her and and engage her. So Makes we we I made up a game called Find It. So start off with just a Kong, which is one of her you know chewing toys that she has around the house, and um, you know I started with getting her to just sit and i put it in front of her. I'd say, you know, wait, wait. And then I'd say, find it. She'd go get it and bring it back. And we did that a bunch of times. And I started moving it further and hiding it around and putting it under cushions on the couch. You know, I only fooled her once. I put it behind, I put it underneath the kitchen sink um, behind the cupboard door. So that was the only time I was able to fool her. But but every other time it's amazing because she'll sit there and wait. And the minute I say, find it, you see, she starts walking around to the room that I was in. And she's just walking around, but then all of a sudden she engages her nose and she, I'm like, okay, she's got it. And then it's just a matter of time and she finds it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch as well. And interestingly enough, I can do that for 15 minutes with her and she's exhausted by the end of it. Like she's panting, she's tired and she lays down because I guess the mental stimulation tires them out as well. So it that's does. kind of our favorite game to play now.
0: Absolutely. And it's something that I advise every dog owner to to do because they just yeah once they engage with their their factory system and and yeah the mental stimulation and the effort ties them out almost as much as doing physical exercise
1: yeah absolutely i'd definitely like to graduate and spend some more time on playing find it with her outdoors we haven't done that yet because usually when we're outdoors we're running right so um, I, that's more of a me thing. I have to be able to incorporate that and prioritize it. But for now, <laughs> for now,
0: it's just an indoor game. What about favorite toys?
1: Um, she, so toys we don't really do with the dogs other than, you know, we'll give them bones to chew on like made for dogs or whatever with marrow in them and stuff. We had a, we had a bad experience with, with, uh, Rosie years ago where, uh, she was, she chewed. Toys like we'd give them, like, you know, toys with squeakers and stuff, and she chewed this ear off this dragon and it got stuck in her stomach. And mm. thankfully, we we're, were able to get her to get it out um, without getting obstructed. So after that, we said, okay, no, no fabric types of things. So these dogs will just destroy everything. So uh, we're at my in-laws and they have an acreage, and I guess there was a tennis ball somewhere and uh we got home my dog was panting this is rosie this is one of the smaller ones she was panting and panting tried to give some water and the water would come right back up so we brought her into the emergency vet clinic and sure enough she had a bowel obstruction we didn't know what it was at the time so they went and did surgery and uh you know cost just under $5,000 and the vet came out and goes, this is the most expensive uh, piece of tennis ball you'll probably ever own. Oh. It was uh, about a, a square inch piece of tennis ball that the dog had chewed and swallowed. And uh, so that's why we don't really do toys around the house. Like we'll give them Kongs, we'll give them, you know, um, like I said, bones filled with marrow for them to chew on and things like that. And uh, that's generally, generally what we do around the house, just bad experience in the past.
0: Yeah, no, understandable. Yeah. So I just mentioned, Vets, how has Piper's health been?
1: Uh, she's been good. So, when, like I said, when we first got her, she had worms and, and things like that, and that got all cleared up. Um, she had her spay when she was about six and a half months old. Um, she's never really had any issues. Um, her weight's been good because of the running. Um, yeah, I no complaints with her health at all. She's uh, every once in a while she'll she might get some stomach upset. Whether you know if she's in the backyard, she might get in, get into something that doesn't agree with her. Mm-hmm. But uh, but beyond that, she's uh, she's she's as fit as a fiddle, as they say.
0: Right. Um, okay, that's just prompted me. I ask all my guests to complete the sentence. <laughs> I can't believe my dog ate.
1: I was thinking about that question and how I was going to complete that sentence. And there are multiple answers I could give you on that
0: one. That's oh, all right. Well, I'll accept a few multiples.
1: <laughs> sure. So I guess the first one, they're all, they're all gross. There's, yeah, yeah. there's nothing good about it, but so, you know, I can't believe my dog ate her own poop. All right. She's, she's yeah. done that. She, I know that's common behavior for dogs, but unfortunately I found out one time we were sitting in the backyard and we have a little, you know, hot tub back there and it was summertime and you know, she came up and she was a pup at the time and she came up to give me a kiss and uh, it was not good because she had just eaten her own poop. And, uh, I, got a, I got an up close personal experience of that. It's, my wife wouldn't let me come near her for about three weeks after that. But let me tell you, <laughs> it, it actually got to the point where we went to the vet and got a medication to kind of discourage that behavior. Um, you know, you feed it to her. And anyway, she's over that now. Every once in a while, she might try, but we keep a close eye on her. Um so there's that, uh, also can't believe she ate some, um, this one's pretty gross too. Some, uh, <laughs> soiled feminine hygiene products <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of a, out of a waste receptacle. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty nasty. Um, and then there was one time it was uh winter time. I wasn't home. My wife had seen this and she saw Piper. She let her out in the backyard and she was at the sliding door up on the deck. Cause we have a a out basement. So, you know, the main floor is the story above the backyard. So there's a set of stairs and Piper had come up the stairs and she's chewing on something in the snow. And my wife goes, look, and it's a rabbit leg, Okay. <laughs> I guess. So it wasn't, it wasn't a fresh rabbit leg. It was a frozen rabbit leg. So I guess Piper had got this rabbit sometime earlier and she went back to whatever was left over and she brought it up and she was chewing on that. So I had to go find the rest of the rabbit and uh, get rid of it. So, <laughs> So yeah, I think those are the those are the top three things right too. Yeah, I can't believe right. I think
0: Hyper 8. <laughs> I think we've had them all before. So it's not not an uncommon one answers there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so temperature wise in the summer, does it how warm does it get where you are there?
1: Um, we can get, you know, on on the really hot, so we, we get a lot of humidity here. Yeah, on the really hot days, you can get into the upper 30s for sure, 30 Celsius, you know, 38. Rarely will we touch 40, but it's happened. Um, generally, though, I'd say we'd be in the mid to high 20s, somewhere around there in the summertime, which, you know, up here in Canada, it's like, you know, that lasts for three, four weeks, it feels like, and then we're back into winter. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of our, our summer temperatures.
0: Do you think uh, Piper have a, has a preference for the heat or the cold? Oh. Oh, they
1: absolutely she loves the cold. She she does so much better in the cold. Um I notice, you know, in the summertime I'm I'm really careful with our runs. I make sure that I have plenty of water. I mean, I bring water in the winter as well. But um our runs are a lot shorter in the summer. We take more breaks. I'll stop, you know, and if she's getting hot, we'll stop in the shade and I'll sit down with her for 10, 15 minutes till she cools off and we'll we'll start running again. Um so as much as I enjoy running in the pleasant weather, it's, it's not as great for the can across. Mm-hmm. So they don't get, they don't get as much um, running in during the summer months just because of that. So I'll try to either, you know, get out early in the morning before the heat hits or, or if I can't do that in the hot days in the afternoon, we'll avoid it. And uh, I'll go in the, at nighttime when the sun's down and well, go again we keep it short still, but uh, yeah, definitely winter. Winter is our season for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely. How is she with water?
1: Oh man. So as long as she can touch the ground, she loves it. (laughs) She, she, she doesn't like to swim. Um, she panics, but uh, I still try to encourage her to swim. Um, because at my in-laws place, they have a dock and they have a lake and, you know, there's a little cove where, she'll she'll chase she'll chase you know if we throw rocks into the water if we throw like a water toy that we'll have she'll go in but the minute she has to start to paddle she'll stop and she'll just let the toy go <laughs> so she she loves to play in shallow water 100 percent swimming not so much
0: mm-hmm. okay does that sort of like change with if and uh, with luna and if luna's there as well
1: oh, m- oh my goodness I've got a video. I'll have to send it to you. Uh, I think I might've put it on social media. I was jumping off the dock. We had set up a little exercise trampoline to run and jump off the trampoline into the water. And I had done that. And next thing I knew Luna just came right behind me and just full extension jumped right into the water to be with me. So (laughs) she's, she's quite the swimmer. Uh, She loves it. uh, So much to the point where I think I'm going to try dock diving with her. Mm. I learned about that sport as well. So I think we might be trying that Uh, there's a place about 30 minutes from us where you can rent the pool out. They actually have a dock diving pool, so you can rent that out and and try it with a dog. So I think she'd be really good at that. She loves, yeah, yeah she's yeah. completely different than Piper when it comes to that. <laughs> it's funny.
0: And a, and a much shorter season too, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> um. So with the water, how does that sort of transfer to things like grooming for, for yeah, Piper?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's 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 not so bad. Um, so we have a, a walk-in shower with a glass door. So I I generally bathe them in there. Uh, I just I'll just bring them in with me, and you know, Piper will just kind of sit there with her tail tucked, and she looks like she's not having a good time. But um, <laughs> she'll she'll come into the shower like when I call her, she won't shy away from it, mm-hmm. and uh, we we get that done. Luna's pretty much the same thing. They don't like the hair dryer or any kind of loud noises at them. So I just I towel dry them off and. Yep let them run around after they're done and uh, have their zoomies after they're, after they're bathing. Um, but yeah, so we do it that way. I've, I've done it in the bathtub as well with them a few times where I try to bathe them if I don't really want to get in into the shower, but uh, they've both done it to me where they, they jump right out of the tub when I'm not expecting it. And I got to they're covered in soap and I got to get them back in They make such a mess in the bathroom. So <laughs> <laughs> they're okay, they're okay with bathing. They tolerate it to mm-hmm. say
0: the least. How were well- how was Piper, and you can include Luna, growing up with your kids?
1: Oh, two, two very different sides of a coin with, with those dogs. So, Piper is an absolute sweetheart. You could mop the floor with her, and she would just absolutely love it. Um, she likes to cuddle, she likes to be touched. I always think, you know, in her head, she has that song playing, love me, love me, say that she (laughs) loves me because she's, she always wants to be touched. Like, you know, she'll come into the bathroom when I'm, when I'm in the bathroom and just roll over for me (laughs) for a belly (laughs) rub or whatever. It's just like, she always needs to be touched. She'll, she'll cuddle with the kids on the couch and they can lay on her like a big stuffed animal and use her as a, as a pillow. And she absolutely loves it. Luna, um, a little bit of a different story when she was younger, she really didn't like to be touched too much, especially by the kids. Like she would give a growl or bare her teeth. Like, you know, granted she's, she's communicating to let us know she doesn't like that. So we told the kids, okay, just stay away from Luna, especially if she's sleeping, don't bother her. That rule still exists, but I'd, I'd say there's been a considerable change in Luna's behavior towards the kids, especially, um, in the past, maybe four months where she's becoming more of a softy. I don't know if she's taken Piper's lead on that or not, but it's so common in the morning now to have my eight year old son giving them both belly rubs or both rolled over for him and stuff. And she'll come up to the kids now and roll over. Um, You know, again, the advice is just to leave her alone when she's, when she's lying down. Um, But generally, generally Luna softened up, but you know, when she was first introduced to the kids, she was a little bit uh, rougher around the edges for sure.
0: Oh, that's nice. Just take some dogs, take a little bit of an extra time just to say, yes, I need my space. I'm happy. Oh, And now I can, you know, happy to integrate a little little bit more on another level.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We kind of, we kind of follow her lead and Luna was at the vet recently too. And and the vet had kind of said the same thing where, you know, she, she tolerated us touching her, but she definitely let us know when it was too much. It's not that she she didn't she wasn't aggressive, but she she gave the signs, right? And they were able to see them still, which which is good. I mean, fair for her to be able to do that instead of, you know, give an unprovoked nip or something like that, right? So um do
0: you guys get together like in a, a car and go for like family holidays and things like that with the dogs as well? Or
1: yeah, that's that's sometimes a bit of a challenge because they're starting to grow out of it now, but, uh, car sickness was something that both of the bigger dogs had experienced, um, to the point where, you know, we'd, we'd get them anti nauseants and things like that for the car rides, um, from the vet, which, which can be a little bit pricey. So <laughs> we try to use them sparingly, but, <laughs> but absolutely, um, we go up to my in-laws, they're about two and a half hours away in a really small town uh, called Bob Cajun, just outside of that. And uh, that's generally where we'll go spend our, our leisure time because they've got the lake there. They've got the, the the land for us to run around and the dogs don't have to be on a lead there and stuff like that. So that's generally our go to spot um, to go with the dogs. Yeah, we've we've looked at we didn't end up doing this trip, but we were going to drive out east to uh, to Nova Scotia where my wife has family and we're going to rent um, a motor home and we we're going to bring the, we wanted to bring the dogs with us. So let's rent a motor home, bring the dogs and we'll go, you know, out to the East coast. But, uh, we had to cancel that trip, but we're still hoping to do that in the future. So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll definitely be part of that.
0: That'd be an Interesting mix of children and dogs in the back of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be some tense moments, but at the end of it, we'll look, we'll look back on it, on it with, with fond memories. I hope. <laughs>
0: okay. i like to go down the road that the cross road now, starting Piper and say can you talk to us about that sort of journey and then and then also when sort of Luna sort of came into it
1: yeah so it's interesting so I had touched on that a little bit at the beginning but um like I said I had been a runner previously and then you know I wanted to kind of um correct all the the dog owner mistakes I've made with my little dogs because you know with a little dog you may not um, be as motivated to train them properly because they're small and they're easy to control. But you know, when you have a bigger dog, dog, it, you, it's a little bit scarier if you have them to be unruly and, and they don't listen. So I thought, okay, I got to get this dog to listen. And, um, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to exercise with her and run and, and what a great way to kind of get out there. And I didn't know anything about across I didn't know anything about how much stronger our bond would be through running. And I found out through across um, through my podcast that I do on running. I don't, you know, don't want to talk about that too much here. Cause that's not what we're talking about. But anyways, I found out.
0: We'll, it um, is. Um, well, we'll, we'll get some links to that uh, well, in, a, in, a, in a short time.
1: So it, it's called trail Tales <laughs> ARP or running podcast. But anyways, when I started running with, with Piper, I was, I was looking for people that ran with dogs and I saw this, uh, one group down in Atlanta, Georgia, called North American Cannacross. And I thought, oh, I'm, I try to talk to these ladies, uh, three wonderful ladies who who try to promote the sport down in their area. And uh, they taught me about Cannacross. They taught me about this uh, race that's going on now that we're partaking in called Iron Paws. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Yes. So it's, it's, yeah, so we're doing that. Um, it's a stage race that goes throughout the winter. Um, and they taught me kind of about the, the can across types of harnesses for humans and for dogs and the bungee lines and everything involved there. And I was able to locate a Canadian company in Quebec that, uh, manufactures that stuff. So I was able to support a Canadian company and I purchased our first legitimate, you know, can across equipment. And, um, what a big difference to go from a line that just, you know, went around my lower back to wearing a harness that sits properly. And the dog is now pulling from my hips instead of my lower back, uh, much more comfortable experience for me and getting a proper bungee line as well and harness for the dog. Um, a lot more free flowing for that. So that's kind of how we got into it. And then, you know, I just we just kind of learned by doing. Right. So uh, we just kind of went out there and 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 ran. I would, you know, I wanted to use kind of traditional mushing terms. So I use G and Ha. I, you know, when I want to speed up, I'll say get up or we'll do whoa and things like that. Um and you know, over time Piper just started picking up on, on the commands and knowing what we wanted to do. And I noticed a lot of the time she would look back and check on me and read my body language. Cause there were times where I was struggling and, and, you know, needed to, to walk and she would just slow down and come back to me. But I was just getting this vibe from her. She's like, it's okay, we can walk. I said, okay, cool. So we'll walk. And, you know, at times she'll, I can tell when she's done, like, she'll just, she'll look back to me and she just looks like, okay, I can see it in her eyes. Can we go back now? I'm like, sure. Okay, let's go back. Like, sure. You know, even, even if I had a distance goal in mind or something, if if Piper wants to call it quits and I'll say, okay, we'll call it quits because there was a, there was a transition or a transformation that happened with my running where it, it stopped becoming about me and what, what my goals were and what I wanted to do. And it became more about Piper and, 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 having her enjoy the experience and and having her be fun and free. And you could just feel the energy and the happiness coming from her when we were out there. And, you know, that was the first, I guess, you know, first eight months to a year of of Canacross was just me and Piper. And um, there was a a very brief period before we got Luna. um, There was um, a dog that needed rescuing. It was an Australian Shepherd, eight month old that we had contacted, uh, somebody had contacted us said, Hey, would you like to take this dog? It's a bit of a handful, high energy. I'm like, send him to me. I can, I can handle high energy. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so at the last minute, when the owner had brought the dog to our home, they had said, Oh, well, you know, I don't know what's wrong with With Cooper was the name of the dog. Beautiful, beautiful blue eyed Australian shepherd. And, um, Oh, he bit me the other day and he bit my dad in the face the other day. And we got our kids and my wife, Lee and I looked at each other they didn't want to like, you know, say no right away. So we told them, well, this isn't guaranteed. So we talked to our children, and said, You don't look at this dog or anything. Don't acknowledge this dog. It's not here. And they did that. They were really good. And um Cooper got along well with with Piper, got along well with my wife, was a little bit skittish about me, but uh, he was making really good progress in the first 36 hours. I was able to get him into his crate because that's something he wouldn't do in the past. I was able to do that with him, uh, able to take him for a walk. I thought, okay, let's go burn off some energy. So the the very first full day that he was with us, it was just me and and the dogs. My kids were, were in school and my wife was at work. And I thought, okay, you're just going to be part of our routine. So I took Piper out for her run and I brought uh, Cooper along. And it was such a beautiful moment to see Cooper just happy and running with Piper and Piper running with another dog. I thought this is absolutely wonderful. And then, you know, as the day progressed, I wanted to kind of get him used to the kids being in the room because he would always growl when the kids would even walk in the room. So I told my son, take some dog treats, just, you know, s- slowly stand at the room and walk and talk to me. Don't even look at the dog and, uh, you know, hold the treat in your hand. If he takes it from me, that's great. Just to, give some positive reinforcement that, Hey, these kids are not all that bad. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, we had been doing that. And, uh, there was one instance where he had got my son in the arm. He didn't draw blood on him, but, uh, that was kind of it. Like we couldn't, we couldn't risk it anymore. So we, we wrote up a whole letter about all the promising attributes that this dog had and just said, you know, what? this dog needs a home with a, with a strong owner no kids, no other animals. Cause he didn't really like the little ones, um, too much. And, uh, you know, I don't know what happened to Cooper after that. I hope he got the home he needed to go to. It just wasn't a fit for us, but that was my first experience running with two dogs. And it kind of gave me that bug to be like, okay, let's, let's try to adopt the dog and, you know, kind of circling back to how we ended up with Luna, but uh, that was kind of how we did it. So um, yeah, it was, it's always been about just kind of letting the dogs enjoy themselves and be on the run. And and when they're done, I'm done or vice versa. right. Like, <laughs> it's
0: it's 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 been it's been pretty good uh absolutely and again to people listening if you are thinking about it if you haven't tried just do it it puts your relationship with your dog on a whole other level
1: absolutely and i think a, a lot of people i talk to and even some people that um I know we hadn't talked about this on, on air yet, but you know, I did a learn to can across program back in the fall and there's some people that came but they said, Oh, well, I'm not a runner. I said, well, you don't have to be a runner. I mean, you can do run, walk, you can do can hike if you, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, built for running. Um, it's certainly, I think easier to keep the dog on task when they're running because it's, it's more speed involved and the hiking, they're more, you know, Prone to just go kind of sniff around, but that's fine. I mean, as long as you're getting out there with the dog, you're going to be able to bond with them. You're going to be able to get them to exercise. You're going to get the benefit of the exercise as well. And, you know, I wasn't a runner always, too, right? I was at one point in my life, you know, 70 pounds heavier than I am, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. And, I just started moving around and I started on a bicycle actually. And then winter time came and I couldn't ride my bike anymore. And I started running and that was, you know, 10 years ago. And now I'm running with dogs. I never would have imagined that journey would come to this point here. So absolutely 100%. If you're a dog owner, you have to try across You just absolutely have to, because, you know, say 99% of you won't, won't look back. You'll just get hooked.
0: <laughs> Pardon
1: sure. the pun. <laughs> you definitely get hooked.
0: <laughs> um, off the top of your head, the, proudest moment that you could think of when just purely with yeah piper of something that she's Um, done or uh, anything
1: yeah i think it would be that um we were running and i was i was struggling i don't know if i had a, a lower back issue or something i mean i'm 40 now so you get knee and ankle and lower back things but i was hurting on the run and and she was going out there like she was just fully focused and for whatever reason, she just kind of stopped and looked back at me and, and um, I could just tell like she knew like I wasn't a hundred percent and she just kind of stopped and sat there with me and she was just kind of pawing at me and trying to kiss me. And, and uh, she kind of just turned around and led me back home. So I thought, okay, like, it's just, for me, that was just such an awe inspiring moment. Like there's something happening here that I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's this, there's this level of communication or understanding between me and her, that I've never experienced before with any dog. And I don't know if I ever will. Um, and and yeah, so for me, you know, you want to call that a proud moment or just like a, a, an awe-inspiring moment, that, that would be the one that
0: sticks out in my head, mm-hmm. top of my head. Has she got any weird or peculiar habits? Piper, other than eating poop?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I said, she's she is, is quite the loving dog um, really tender hearted Um, as as far as peculiar habits. I mean, she'll, we keep her nails fairly well trimmed, but she, she likes to chew. So Mm -hmm. even if I have bones for her, she'll go like, for example, if I have like some laundry, I need to fold. She'll go up to the laundry basket and just start like nibbling on a piece of clothing. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Right? So, I mean, other than that, nothing really weird. Um, you know, I know a lot of dogs sleep in funny positions. She'll just sleep on her back with all her legs up in the air and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of do silly things there, but um, nothing, nothing too really crazy that I can think of. Okay. Actually, you know what? Sorry. There's yeah. one thing. It's it's not, it's not necessarily a habit, but it might be a little bit unusual. I know a lot of dogs might do this, but she likes to run on the treadmill. I have a treadmill set up in the garage. And from mm-hmm. a young age, I, I was teaching her how to go on the treadmill and to not be scared of it. So she'll be happy where, you know, if I'm out in the treadmill, if I, if my kids are in the house and my wife's not home and I can't leave home to go for a run I'll go out in the treadmill and I'll bring the dogs in there with me and sometimes she'll just look at me and stare and she won't stop and start whining I'm like fine so I get off and she gets on the treadmill and goes (laughs) like I don't even have to leash her onto she'll just jump on and go and when she's done she just gets off
0: so (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah Um, I meant to ask earlier meal times and how do you do the multiple dog meal times how does that work yeah so
1: A Little bit of uh, experimentation, but what we've decided to do and what works well for us now is we call Luna and Piper the puppies because they're the young ones, right? Piper's now two and Luna just turned one um, back in January and actually, sorry, late December, Piper's in January. But anyways, we still call them the puppies and um, we feed them first for before the, before the old girls or the golden girls, we call them. <laughs> um, so we feed them first together. Um, my son's got to the point now where it's his responsibility to feed the dogs. So, um, generally in the morning, I'll take them up for their walk. They'll come back and they'll eat, and then uh, I'll walk. I walk the older dogs uh, separately as well. Sometimes I'll go all four of them, but it's 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 just too much sometimes. So <laughs> usually I'll just do two and two, and uh, then then we'll feed the older girls separately in a different area from where Luna and Piper are because they'll try to go after the other food too. They know now not to, but at the beginning they would always just try to go after the other dog's food. So they know to leave uh, Ruby and Rosie alone when they're eating. So yeah, in the morning they get it. And then, and then around dinner time when we eat, we give them their second meal of the day. So they get two meals a day. Okay. Oh, nice. And then, you know, whatever treats I give them throughout the day, whether we're playing games or, you know, practicing sit and stay and all that stuff. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, you just, mentioned the sit and say the training is there any particular method that you use with Piper and um <laughs> patience <laughs> <laughs> it's funny Piper
1: Piper is she's she likes to please but she's also um an independent thinker i don't know if that's part i don't think it's husky cuz luna's a lot better she's husky more husky than piper is but uh i definitely it's definitely treat driven and motivated and I try to keep our sessions short, um, but um, I find that Luna's a lot better listener than Piper is. For whatever reason, Piper just she'll do it, but her, her ability to stay in a sit while I walk away is, is not as good as, as Luna's. So we try to work on that, but I have to, you know, often repeat myself with Piper. And, um, I don't know if I've conditioned her to like, hear me say, sit, sit, stay, stay a million times before she does it. (laughs) Like I I try to work on just, Mm -hmm. just saying it once. And then, you know, using body language, that's one of the things I've been working on more is not using words as much and, and using body language more in patience. And it's got to the point now where, you know, if they'd be in the crate and I'd go up uh, the minute I start walking towards the crate, they'd go crazy. They want to come out and jump and you know, I'd spend time just standing in front of the crate, ignoring them until they settled down. And then I would take one latch off. They'd go crazy again. And I'd <laughs> sit, ignore them again and just stand there and wait, not make eye contact. Once I settled down, I'd undo the other latch and we just repeat that process over and over and over again. And they're really good at it now to the point where if uh, my wife and I are both working, my father-in-law will will be home with the dogs and and, you know, the kids as well, I guess. (laughs) And, uh, he, he was remarking on how much better they were too. So they're doing it for him as well, which is, Mm. which is nice to see that they're not just doing it for me. Um, so yeah, just kind of, you know, training never really ends with the dogs. I don't, I don't Uh, expect my dogs to be, to be perfect, but if they can get the basics and, um, you know, have manners and not know to know, not to like, you know, get into the kitchen when we're eating, like they know that there's a lot, invisible line that they have now that they know that's where they have to stay. Um, and it's always, it's always been treat driven, um, with, with the training, but yeah, you know, sit, stay, lay down. Um, we do the find it and, uh, just to work on, on their excitement levels, right? So they're not running down the stairs in front of me. So they'll <laughs> have treats. I'll keep them behind me as we go down the stairs. So, so they know, right. So yep. just stuff like that, right. Mm-hmm. Just, just, so they're, they're polite, if you will.
0: <laughs> you got any, uh, say back to the Kenny cross upcoming goals over the next year or two that you'd like to achieve with both of them?
1: Absolutely. There's So there's a few things that that I'm working on. So I had the Learn to Canacross program. I'd love to run another one um, maybe in the early spring. I don't think I'd get people out in the dead of winter um, if it's something new and they're not used to doing. Um, so when the weather turns to be a little bit nicer, I'll probably start another course. Um, I'm also working on offering an online course, but I have to edit all these videos. So we took a bunch of footage and I have my... Uh, my partner in crime, Sue Joy, she's a professional dog trainer. Like her dogs have done, uh, she might be good to have on the show as a next guest. Actually, she, she's done like super dog shows and things like that. And mm-hmm. her dogs do some, some crazy tricks. So we discuss kind of some of the techniques and, and expectations for the dog. So I want to be able to offer an online um, course for people to have where they could learn, you know, and not have to kind of go the way I did and just kind of try to figure this out on my own and not knowing anything, right? Just kind of give the basics and, and that information. And then the best way to obviously learn is to get out and do it. Um, you can watch as many videos as you want. If you're not out there interacting with your dog and trying, um, you know, it's, you're not really going to make any progress. So there's that. Um, and the the bigger goal is to um, organize and hold my own can across race. Now, because... Wow know in, in Ontario there's not much going on around here and any can across activity is usually tacked on to like sled dog sports right like yep. you have you have mushing you have you know ski joring, bike joring, um and all those types of activities and then usually like a can across event is tacked on to the end and it's like a sh- it's a short 2 3 kilometer run but you know it's it's a 3 4 hour drive and there's only one race in the province that I know of we're a huge province so i want to have something, cause we're kind of central, not too far from the city and everything to, to have an event where people can come out and, and try different distances. So yeah, we'll have the standard, you know, three kilometer, but I want to, you know, offer five, ten, maybe even a 20 kilometer race. Cause I know there are some people that will, I know, I know a guy out in London, Ontario, that's gone like over marathon distance with his Husky mm-hmm. and uh, just to, to have that right. Whether it's whether it's like a competitive race, uh, you know, just recreational fun run type of deal. I want I want to get that out there for people and and to experience that. So working on that now. And the goal is to hopefully hold that event uh next or this November, I guess. So in, in the later, later on this year in
0: 2022. Okay. So I'm gonna ask if you've got some uh, social media links or a website I know you, and please tell us again about your podcast. So if people do oh, sh- want to find out and keep in touch or just, you know, think, yeah, I'll I'll bookmark that and have a look later. Where should oh, they thanks, go? Thanks,
1: Robert. I, I appreciate that. So um, Instagram, it's uh, Canadian Canacross Sports and there's an underscore between each word. So Canadian underscore Canacross underscore sports is my Instagram account. Uh it's also the same name on TikTok. I just got that <laughs> <laughs> figuring out figuring out the TikTok, <laughs> but uh has some videos up on there. And um as far as uh Facebook, you can find me under uh Sobon Sean. It's S-O-B-O-N and then Sean. So it's first and last name I reversed. Uh there's a picture of me and Piper, so it's easy to see. And um as far as my podcast goes, it's called Trail Tales ARP. Uh, the ARP stands for a running podcast. That's like the number one question I get. What's ARP? <laughs> a running podcast. Saved me asking. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah, exactly. I used to have a website, but I, I shut that down just because it was it, there was a cost to it. I don't get an income with the podcast. So I shut that down, but I still have my Instagram. So it's just trail underscore tails underscore ARP. Uh, there's a Facebook page on that as well. I do have a Canadian Canacross Sports Facebook page, but it's currently just private for people that were in the, in the program. But I'm going to um, open up a public one as well, just to kind of uh, build more of a community there as well. So, And I guess if people still like to email, it's canadiancancrosssports at gmail.com.
0: Sean, it has been an absolute pleasure, a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very, very much.
1: Oh, thank you, Robert. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, and discuss dogs with you. It's 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 a passion of mine, and you know, dogs and running. There's nothing better. So,
0: Absolutely. thank you so
1: much. Keep up the great work.
0: <laughs> thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoy the show. Thank you to our new listeners in Düsseldorf, in Germany, and in Austin, in the U.S. And like they may have been told by a friend. Why don't you tell a friend how awesome dogs are and how great the stories have been on this podcast? I would love it if you did. If you are so inclined to do so, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on and like, share, and importantly, subscribe. Until next week, stay safe and remember your dog is family.